Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. What happens in Faith School? Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Uh, we want you to know that today is a landmark in what, something we've released our faith for just a few years ago. This is our 500th lesson class at Faith School. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, praise God, praise God. It is lesson number 500. Now, what we had done at the beginning, uh, we released faith to do a thousand of these. Now, we're not saying we're stopping at the end of the thousand, but that would be a landmark. And so 500 is halfway there. And if it had not been for the Lord, we wouldn't have made it through the first five or 50. But here we are still going strong. So let's lift our hands and say, thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you for giving us faith school. Thank you for giving us our, our studios and our equipment. And thank you for all of our partners, Lord, and everybody that helped make this happen and continues to make this happen. And we uh, will never uh, grow tired and weary of seeking to please you. And we know faith pleases you. So we ask for the utterance, for the anointing, for the grace, for the strength, for 500 more and beyond. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. You might say 500 lessons on faith. Yeah, because the Bible said faith comes by what? Hearing. By hearing and hearing. You know, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. The scripture said in Job that just like the, the tongue tastes food, the ear tries words. And, and the prophet said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So what food is to the body, the anointed word is to the spirit. And that's the reason why many people are just pitifully spiritually weak and emaciated because they've not been fed. Now, uh, being religious won't feed you. Just hearing people talk about politics, social reform, and and their idea of what's morally correct, that won't feed your spirit. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God, that's what feeds your spirit. And he's given us a book. Hallelujah. He's given us a book. And all of these words from Genesis to Revelation, these are words that have come out of the mouth of God. They've come through his through his prophets, they've come by the hand of angels. They've come by, we're reading about Moses, and, and they've come through Jesus. But they are all words 
from the mouth of God. And they do for you what nothing else can do. What, what the words of men can't begin to touch, uh, what natural thinking and philosophy and psychology can't begin to accomplish. One word, one anointed word from God, straighten you up, quicken you, and stir you up, and call shackles to fall off of you, because these words are living, and they're anointed. Hallelujah. And that anointing destroys yokes and removes burdens. And man, once you, uh, the Bible said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And once you do taste uh, a good anointed word from God, you know what you'll want? 499 more. <laughs> and then you'll want 500 more after that. And then you'll become a word addict. You'll say, I got to have my fix, my word fix. And the great thing about the word, you can't overdose on it and there are no adverse side effects. It'll only just help you and build you and make you stronger and stronger and stronger. Said out loud, Lord, feed me with manna from heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what we mean by that is the anointed Word of God. Thank you, Lord. Well, in uh, uh, Hebrews 3, if you'll look again, we've been talking about overcoming unbelief. And he said in verse 7, Hebrews 3, 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you'll hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Everybody say it out loud. Harden not your hearts. Verse 10, he said, I was grieved with that generation. I said, they are, they're always air in their heart. They've not known my ways. He said concerning them, uh, this people's a stiff-necked people. Now that's not talking about what happened on a particular incident. It's talking about a bent, a way of, of heart and mind. Their inclination was to be um, confrontational, was to be argumentative. Now I've got a, uh, a partial list and I'll, I'll read some of it to you, but uh, this, is, this will be on the, uh, the website, the webpage for Faith School. This is a handout, if you will, but you'll have to get your handout from the internet. Uh, it's a checklist for believers concerning how, how I'm doing, uh, concerning where unbelief uh, is concerned. And what we saw beginning at the Red Sea, when they saw Pharaoh and his host coming, they panicked. They just yielded to fear. And then they spoke sarcastically and disrespectfully and said, is it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? And they blamed Moses, disrespectful, sarcastic, unthankful, fearful. Now that's just a few. Can you say, what are these, class? These are symptoms, characteristics 
of what the Lord refers, referred to in chapter 3 here, of that evil unbelief. So here's a partial list of uh, symptoms of unbelief. Are you moved by what you see? Fearful? Panicky? Have you been speaking negatively? Have you, have you been pessimistic and sarcastic? Have you been blaming other people for your problems? Have you been murmuring, complaining, griping about things? Have you been disrespectful, unthankful? Have you been looking to, towards the past and longing for the past? Have you been impatient and putting pressure on other people? Have you been forgetting God's many benefits and His faithfulness? Have you been argumentative, quarrelsome, defiant, rebellious? Have you not been listening, not obeying instructions? Have you been despairing, sad, depressed? Have you been feeling sorry for yourself and crying a lot? <laughs> If you're experiencing one or more of these symptoms, you are in unbelief. <laughs> you should immediately administer large quantities of the Word of God. Now. <laughs> you can get this online. It'll be online and you can get it. But how many think that's a good idea, right? The reason we've been talking about this is to, the scripture said these are examples, examples of what? Of what not to do. Don't do that. So we need to be at least aware of these symptoms, these characteristics of unbelief. And anytime we see one of these, we hear one of these, we're experiencing one of these, we don't just want to let it get worse and worse and worse. We, we want to go, uh-uh, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I am not going that way. We know what happened to them. They, they, didn't ever, they never got to the promised land. They wandered around out there for 40 years in a dry, desolate desert. Died young. Died early. Died wrong. Somebody say, by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Not, me. not me. I refuse, I refuse. to doubt, doubt. My, God. my God. So uh, uh, you got you a checklist. So you can... Uh, <laughs> Check up on those symptoms, what's going on. And like we said, if you see one or more of them, what do you do? What do you do? Hmm? Well, you got 500 <laughs> faith lessons, among other things, that's available to you. And there's no charge for them. So you can't say you couldn't afford it. Right? And it's right there. It's available. And there are many, many other good ministries around. We know that. But now, not everybody that's preaching is preaching faith. And there's some stuff that people preach will actually rob you of your faith. So it's not just being religious, every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's something that'll feed your faith. So go with me, if you would, back to Exodus again. And we'll go to Exodus 24 this time. We saw in Exodus 19, and, and this is the, the seventh uh, event, if you will, where that they, they actually failed to, to believe God and trust God. And uh, what has happened is uh, the Lord told them, He said, you've seen what I've done, 
how I brought you out of Egypt. I've carried you on eagles' wings. You saw what happened at the Red Sea. You saw what happened at Marah. You saw what happened uh, when I brought water out of the rock, when I brought manna out of the sky, when I brought quail to feed you. Uh, you've seen how I have cared for you. And he told them, he said, and I have, I've got a, a land that I have personally picked out for you. It's a beautiful place. You don't even have to irrigate it like you did that dry place back over in Egypt. I rain on it. Uh, there's orchards you didn't plant. There's vineyards you didn't plant. There's houses you didn't build filled with good things. I've got you set up. Hmm? But, you know, uh, they weren't fully aware that there was going to be a fight involved. And that there were giants over there and walled cities. And that's exactly how it is today. The enemy, if you don't fight the good fight of faith, he will rob you. And unbelief is the way he robs you. But we're not ignorant of his device. Right? And we already see the evil and the danger of unbelief. So we're not going to tolerate it. We're on a mission to stamp out unbelief around our house. Right? Well, uh, Moses went up into the mountain. Because, you know, they told him that when God spoke out of the fire and gave them what we call the Ten Commandments. The elders and the leaders and the people pushed them. They said, uh, uh, go tell him, uh, for him to go talk to God. I think if we hear that voice again, we'll all die. And so they, they told Moses and they said, we, whatever he says, we'll do it. We'll do it. But you go. And whatever he says to you, then you tell us and we'll do it. Well, that's what had been happening. And so now, once they heard the actual voice of God, they thought, we can't stand that. And so there's a lot of things are that way. People think and imagine how they'd want to do this, but it's because God's not real to them. And so he is up in the mountain 40 days and nights, uh, just under, what, six weeks, month and a half, basically, you know, a little, a little bit less. And uh, in Exodus 24, he had told them to come up and um, they had the, the meal. And then uh, for chapter after chapter, he gave him detailed instructions of how the tabernacle was to be built and how the offerings were to be made. And so all the way till you get to chapter 32 is what... God is giving Moses on the mountain. At verse 18 of 31, Exodus 31, 18, he gave to Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him on the mountain, Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. God, not an angel, not through a man. God wrote these or you know, how do you write in stone with your finger? Well, God can. He's fire. So uh, I guess he lasered them, you know, which is no problem for him. But with his finger, he wrote it in tablets of stone. It was written on the front and the back of these two stones, these Ten Commandments. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said to him, 
up. Make us gods. Man, I, I just want to hear the tires screech to a stop. Right there. Do you? And you think, huh? What? Six weeks ago, they heard the voice of God out of the fire. And what's the first one he gave them? You'll have no other gods before me beside me. What was the second one? You'll make no image. And even in that same chapter, he said it again several verses later. You will make no gods of gold. He even said it specifically. And yet, they said up to Aaron, make us gods which will go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. Exactly. You don't know. What not means we don't know. They're assuming he's gone. Why? Well, it's been 40 days. You know, so he's got to be dead. And I think Aaron must have believed it too. Because I don't think he would have done what he did if he expected Moses to come back anytime soon. So they, they go, yeah, you know, Moses is gone. That, that's over. So what now? We need some new gods. It's not even rational. It's not even reasonable. And they wound up making two gold calves. Really? What's calves ever did, did for you? Did calves get you out of Egypt? And yet, this is how the enemy is. Think about Adam and Eve. They have paradise. You talk about perfection. Perfect weather, perfect ecosystem, perfect soil, perfect plants, perfect animals, perfect environment. It was never too hot, never too cold, never too windy, never too dry, never too wet, never. Storms, never had them. Earthquakes, never had them. Perfection. Do anything you want to do. Eat anything of any tree, enjoy any area you want to enjoy, go anywhere you want to go except the one tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't partake of that because if you do, when you do, you will die. And so in Genesis, you read the account, the next thing we see, Adam and Eve out by the tree, looking at the tree. Why? Why, out of all that's available, do you get fixated on the one thing God told you don't do? Because there's a devil. I said, because there's a devil. And as surely as God tells you don't do this, then he thinks that's his number one job is to get you to do that. Why? Because he wants to separate you. From God, like He's been separated from God. He wants you to experience death, like He's experiencing. He wants you to be cut off. He's jealous of you and anybody that's in union with God and has eternal life. And so that's why, from, from the natural point standpoint, it just makes no sense that that's what you would do six weeks after the most amazing experience anybody's ever conceived 
fire, God comes down on the mountain. He tells you, this is not through an angel. This is not through a person. You heard him tell you directly, no other gods before and beside me. And don't make any image and no golden gods. And six weeks later, that's what you want to do? Well, should we be aware of this? Should we be cautious about this? Why? Because that's how the enemy works. He will come. He will send imps to sit on your shoulder. And they will whisper, do that, do that. They'll try to make it appealing to you. They will try to paint it in something. And, and, and you know, uh, it's just like this. Let's say that you, you, know, you gained a couple of pounds and you want to leave off desserts for a while. And so you say, well, I'm not eating chocolate cake for a while. And how many think, if, if that's what you're going to do, it's stupid to sit around all day and look at pictures of chocolate cake. Is that right? Or to watch commercials about chocolate cake. Or to read recipes of chocolate cake. Or movies where people are making chocolate cake. <laughs> and yet that's exactly what the enemy does. See, he's been working on them from the time Moses left. And where did this idea come from? Who thought of this? Well, Moses ain't coming back. So what now? What do we do now? I know. <laughs> Let's make us some gold gods. Well, they, because uh, they said, we don't, know, we don't know what's become of this. Did you hear this language? This Moses? You hear how disrespectful that is? Not the great man of God that talks to God face to face, that has gone to bat for us every time we messed up and pled with God and interceded and got answers and got direction. Not, not any of that. It's this guy. We don't know what's happened to this guy. See, that is a characteristic of the devil. This disrespect, this dishonor, this making things too casual, too common. Because the, what the Lord say, those that honor me, I will honor. And the Lord even said, if you receive the one I send, you receive me. And if you receive me, you receive the one who sent me. God's big on delegation. And he's big on how you treat his people. You disrespect his, his messengers, his servants, and you disrespected him. He takes it personally, and, and as he should. It's only right. And so say, they said, this Moses guy, we don't know what happened to him. So Aaron, you're the man now. You're in charge. Maybe that appealed to him. Huh? Everybody's got flesh. So uh, what we need now, we, we need new leadership. We need new gods. And so Aaron has an idea. He said, give me all your golden earrings. Really? That's in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters. So apparently they all had gold earrings. And so all the people broke off the golden earrings and brought them to Aaron. It's amazing how tight some people are at offering time. And how loose they are when it comes to rebelling against God. 
Man, they all just said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have them all. All what? All our gold stuff. Here you go. <laughs> Why? Because the enemies, can you see the enemies pushing this? The enemy's pushing this. Why? He's God's enemy. He hates God. He, he wants to aggravate God. He, he wants to grieve God with his little special people here. He, he wants to, to show God uh, how they don't trust him and how they will rebel against him and, and cut him off in a moment. And sadly, that's what they're doing. So Aaron, they broke off the earrings. He received them and fashioned with a graven tool and made a golden calf. And he said, these are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Man, it hurts your heart to read this, don't it? And much less to think that any of us have done any of these things in a modern way. Uh, these be your gods that brought you out of Egypt. They're giving the credit for what God did to a couple of pieces of metal that will never answer a prayer, don't know anything, can't breathe. Why, why would you do such a thing? They made their own gods. And so it's a way of taking credit and taking control and making your own rules, and you don't listen to God anymore. It's exactly what the devil did when he led part of the angels in rebellion. It's exactly what he did when he breathed that same spirit of rebellion into Eve, and Adam followed her right into sin and disobedience. And it is the same spirit of disobedience that permeates the earth, Ephesians talks about today. But you and I are in the world, but we're not of the world. And we don't have that same evil spirit of disobedience and unbelief. Say it out loud. I choose God to love God, to trust God forever. Hallelujah. That's all for today. You stay with that. We'll see you again soon back here in Faith School. Sure enjoyed being with you again this week. At the end of every week, I always like to pray and speak over our partners. And for all of you that have been partners and helped us get to this number 500 lesson, thank you, thank you. We couldn't do it without you. If you're interested in being a partner, there's information on the screen there. Do you know we kept hearing in the Word this week about listening to Him? Where your finance is concerned, that's so important. Be willing to listen to Him about tithing, about supporting the ministries that he tells you to do, about saving, about paying things off, about when not to go in debt and when to do this. Need to be led by the Spirit. Father, I pray over our partners, reveal to them the changes to make so that there will be abundance flowing into them. Show them how to seek you first, put you first, so that their barns may be filled with plenty and their presses burst out like, just like you said. We speak blessing. We speak increase over them and their families, their jobs, their businesses. In Jesus' name, cause them to be a witness to those that see them, how that you have blessed them and the good that you have done for them, that they in turn may take that blessing 
and do more for others. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you. Believing for you. We'll see you again soon back here at Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.